I'm here with Monique Asulian. Is that how you pronounce it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, before we get into the conversation, I'd just like to thank you for taking the time and being the first guest on my podcast, because I know in starting anything new, everyone kind of has natural doubts, but thank you for kind of promoting my vision. Uh, so yeah, I'm with Monique. She's a realtor from Montreal. I know based off what I've read about you, you've been in the business for about 15 years. Um, you've been, uh, your blog was selected as one of the top 50 Canadian real estate blogs multiple times and further led you getting in multiple media outlets and then getting published on the news. And then it continues to be your phenomenal communicator, which every realtor should be. But what really impressed me was your ability to connect with people everywhere and build relationships and your willingness to become vulnerable, which really stood out to me when I first met you on Clubhouse. So before the realtor, Monique, are you able to kind of backtrack into the past and kind of run down how you got to where you are today and kind of go down how your life kind of unfolded? Sure. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, great questions. Um, I started in real estate. Okay, let's go back. I have a Bachelor of Commerce in Marketing. Never used it. I started my early career in banking and finance, um, corporate world, and I didn't like it. I didn't like the nine to five. There was no real hustle. It was just like punching a time clock, right? And it just was really boring. Um, so then I went to work for my dad in the family business. Um, I won't get into that, but it was really cool. And I, it, I, I tasted entrepreneurship, um, but it still wasn't what I wanted to do. And then I decided, you know what? Let me study real estate. I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. It was 2004. There was no social media. There was no hype about real estate. I just, for no reason at all, I decided to go study the course. And then once I got my license and I joined an agency, I realized that, oh no, I'm all by myself. <laughs> like I have to go out. I'm the one who has to hustle. I have to get my clients. I had no idea. I literally started from scratch with zero. So I called some friends and that I saw that were networking a lot um and i asked them how i could get involved and so they invited me to a networking event it was pure networking and i was so nervous because none of my actual friends wanted to come with me but i needed to build my network so i went with a bunch of business cards sweating nervous and super introverted and shy imagine and and it went super well because everybody that was there was used to networking so they would come up to me and and you know, slowly, slowly, I started to build that confidence of going up to people and introducing myself. And I continued with those networking events. So I went to one after the next, after the next, and pretty soon I was the one helping organize those events, which helped me build my network. Yeah, um, perfect. So I kind of want to dig into when you kind of before the commerce degree, because I know you mentioned that. Um, growing up in Montreal, I'm, I'm going to assume you grew up in Montreal. Mm -hmm. I'm born in mm -hmm. Montreal. Okay, yeah. So um, kind of what kept you busy in Montreal? What was kind of your aspirations as a younger Monique? Um, what do you mean younger, like high school? Yeah, let's, let's say teen years. <laughs> um, you know what? It was, I, I'm a lot older than you. So it was a completely different era. And mm -hmm. um, it was really, you know, friends hanging out, having a good time. And, and really like not even worrying about the future at all. Like it was really mm -hmm. like day by day, let's have fun. Let's do our studies. It was very, it's very traditional growing up, right? You have mm -hmm. to go to school, you have to get a degree, you have to do well, then you get married, then you have kids. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so yes. that's how I grew up with my friends. Yeah. So you were kind of set on uh, entering school and kind of going into post-secondary from the, yeah. Okay. Never a doubt. 
-hmm. And you know what? It really helped because when I worked, when you're in university, you have all these group projects, you learn how to work with other people. When I did the corporate life, you know, as much as it wasn't for me, you still learn how to work with people, customer service and all that. And it's very important instead of just diving into entrepreneurship without actually knowing what you're doing. So it really, really has helped. Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, like you said, you're a lot older than me. And now, nowadays I see kids um, kind of uh, really unsure about university and kind of going into post-secondary and kind of lost. So is there any like kind of advice you could give a kid that's kind of at that stage where they're kind of unsure yeah. what they want to do? Yes. Yeah, so I am a big fan of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm sure you know him. And he's, he always, you know, stressed on social media. You know, you don't have to go to school. You don't have to do what your parents mm -hmm. want. I'll agree that you don't have to do what your parents want, but I think that higher education is still very important. It helps mold you uh, to a certain degree. You can still work while you're in university and I, I'm, I'm a strong proponent for education. I think it's very important. Oh okay, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, I know you talked about the commerce degree and I want to get into that, but um, what? so I know you're uh, introverted, so I kind of want to dig into kind of your high school life. Like kind of where did you stand with school? Because I know it can be a love-hate relationship for a lot of people, especially kind of with an entrepreneurial spirit like yourself. So how kind of, how did you kind of like manage to sit in a class and how did you kind of do there? Right. So I, I liked school. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Oh. I, I liked, um, <laughs> I liked uh, I liked my French classes. I like I'm obsessed with proper spelling and grammar mm -hmm. and English and math. Um, I hated history. I didn't like any of those classes where you had to memorize and just for no reason, right? I didn't like those. But in general, I I enjoyed school. When I got to university, though, it's another ball game. I didn't love it so much. Um, I felt like it was really a lot of textbook information. Um, and it was more the social life that was important where you're building yeah. all those new connections and having all those group projects. Um, that's what was, that stood out for me. Okay. So you, you'd ultimately say you, you enjoyed school and it was a fun experience besides kind of the head down in the textbook kind of vibe that it gives in yeah, uh, post-secondary. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't like to be forced to study and write an exam and, based on mm -hmm. like a general kind of knowledge where you can have 10 people that have a different way of studying and you know they all know the product they mm -hmm. all, or the course and then they three failed just because they didn't know how to write the exam so i think that we need to maybe fix that up a little bit but i think mm -hmm. that's still no matter what it was mm -hmm. still a good experience yeah no I, I totally agree with that um yeah so you're in you're in post-secondary a uh, couple years go by you get the commerce degree. Um, I know you managed, uh, you uh, mentioned that you said you never used it. So what exactly was like your um, thought in going into commerce in the beginning? And I'm gonna, were you 100% confident in the degree at the time? No, so I wanted to go into journalism, um, but I, I, I didn't have any encouragement left and right. Um, nobody was there to guide me or mold me or whatever, so it was all me. Um, I didn't apply in journalism. I applied directly into commerce just because I felt like that was what we had to do at the time, not even knowing what I was getting in, involved with. Um, looking back, I and then I started also a law certificate after college, but to see if I liked it. I liked it, but it wasn't a good time in my life to go back to school, so I never pursued it. So looking back, probably would have gone into law instead of commerce. So um, with the law certificate, did you like step foot in the door already or it was kind of a thought that you never started? 
it was just a thought. I started it. I did, I think, one semester. Uh-huh. I did really well, surprisingly, because it's all memorizing, but it was really interesting. But at the time of my life, I couldn't go back to school. I was busy with other stuff. Okay, yeah. So at this point, you're kind of kind of figuring out what you kind of wanted to do. And you invested all this time and money into a degree. So um, when was the time where you kind of wanted to pursue real estate? Like when you kind of yeah. came to that thought? So when I was in college, um, some of my friends, one of my friends was working at a bank and they were opening a new branch and she invited me to apply to work there. So I started in banking. That's how I started. I started as a teller. Then I moved up and then I kept winning, you know, all the sales competitions. And that's when I realized hmm, maybe I, there's something mm-hmm. there, right? I was connecting with people. I was able to sell them products um, that were good for their needs. And, and I saw that it was, you know, very successful. So I was like, maybe I should go into sales. But I couldn't stay at the bank because the way I can't I'm going to say this out loud, but they don't treat women the same way they treat men, like mm-hmm. financially. Mm-hmm. So a guy who's to, who has the same degree as me, who starts at the same level, is waking way more than me. So I didn't see myself staying there long term. I wanted to buy a house. I wanted to get married. And on that salary, it was just not possible. So okay. that was that. But I did step into um, marketing research. I worked for a marketing research company. For a couple of years, um, I managed client. I managed people all over Canada. We had like over 200 people out on the fields doing marketing research for a big company, and that was fun. Sorry, Monique, the audio cut out. Hours somebody else's company imagine what i could do on my own company if i'm giving 100 hours for sure for sure so um you mentioned that um you kind of stepped foot in banking and you kind of saw the sales um the sales side of you and you kind of found an interest in it um which kind of sparked your first interest in sales and then you ultimately kind of wanted to leave the job because it wasn't for you kind of found unequalness in it so because a lot of people may be stuck in a job that's not their true calling you kind of made the decision to leave and kind of change your career. So was there like a barrier you had to cross kind of mentally where you were like, okay, I'm starting a change. Okay. So because I was young, um, I was early twenties. Um, I still saw the rest of my life, like so far away. Right. So it didn't matter to me um, that I was going to be quitting that job. I already had another job lined up and I probably wouldn't have quit if I didn't have that job lined up, but you know, If you have that, like, keep, keep, always keep searching. You don't have to stay at the same, you know, mm-hmm. level. Yes. Um, I know you said you're a fan of Gary Vee and obviously that's what he kind of preaches too, where, um, you know, you're, you're still young, like be self-aware of the time you have, you have tons of time to fail for the next 10 years of my life, your life and kind of mm-hmm. be okay still. So, yeah. Um, can you kind of explain what it was like to be, cause I read that, uh, when you wanted to transition to real estate, you had two young kids at the time, or sorry, I don't know if it said two young kids, yeah. <laughs> you had a couple young children at the time. So kind of what, what was it like, kind of like being a mother at the same time, you're trying to turn your life in another direction? Yes. So going to school, um, I had help from everybody to help me with my kids and, and all that life. But while they were in school, I was studying. So it was very manageable and I was still working at the same time. But the hardest part was um, deciding to quit my paying job to go Mm -hmm. into real estate full time. That is fully like 
not only commission, but every month you have expenses, you have to pay your agency, you have to pay your real estate fees, whether or not you're selling. So that was the hardest decision. Everybody around me told me, don't do it. Um, discouraged from every angle. I don't think one person was supportive, but that day that I made the decision, I was stuck in a meeting for four hours where nothing was accomplished in that marketing research. And I couldn't raise my arm past my head because my, my hands were always on my computer. And I was like, if I don't quit today, I'm gonna die. And so I quit literally on the spot and I never looked back. And you know, when you really want something and you set your goals and you have a plan, you can actually do it. So yeah, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, yeah. don't give it up. Took a, took a while, but so yeah. yeah, you had a lot of people doubting you uh, in the beginning. So that probably that served as a kind of a path as motivation, right? Well, okay. So what I realized today, based on that experience, where nobody was, you know, um, pushing me to do it, it was their fear talking. It wasn't mine. It wasn't. They weren't afraid of me failing, or maybe they were afraid of me failing. But that was their own fear. It's not because they doubted me. It's because they have that fear in them. And so I've learned that early on that when people discourage you, it's because of their own fear and not necessarily yours. Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of found that out recently in my life too. And um, it's more so the other person, what's inside them kind of being like projected onto you. Exactly. So um, with, with getting, you're starting off in real estate, you're kind of, you know that it's going to be very time consuming in the beginning, especially like working all day, every day, trying to gain some traction under you. Uh, was missing out on like quality family time while your kids were still young? Was that kind of a, a worry or was that kind of a sacrifice that, you know, had to be made at the time for where you wanted to be? It was definitely a sacrifice. Um, I wasn't really worried. Looking back, I kind of maybe a little bit regretted. I probably think that I should have been a little bit more involved, but now I'm very involved. So yeah. I had to do it. I, I had to do for it. For sure. And obviously being away from your kids, kind of sacrificing that time also served as like a motivation to, you know, you kind of have to be your best self where you're kind of doing like a disfavor to your family, you'd say, right? Yeah. But at the same time, they see me hustling, right? They see me on the road, mm -hmm. they see me working. So I feel like that also has helped them become a little bit more independent. For sure. Okay. So, um, so you finally get your license, you're a new realtor. Um, there's a 90% chance you kind of leave the business in the first couple of years. You could probably be making more money working a minimum wage job full time. And when you start off, so um, what kind of hardships did you kind of experience and the mental challenges did you overcome in the beginning of your real estate career? Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. Honestly, when I started, I, we didn't have any training. When you go to real estate school, they teach you the law and they teach you contracts. And at least back then, I don't know what they're doing today, but they didn't teach you how to find clients, um, how to manage your clients and anything like that. So that was, and no agent wanted to help me. I was offering to do free open houses, free this, free that. Nobody wanted to help me as it is today. And, and so I really, I struggled at the beginning and, um, that's why I started the networking, but I also found an outlet. So remember I said I wanted to go into journalism? Yep. So I started my blog. I was like, okay, let me start blogging about real estate. And so I started blogging about real estate. I opened a Twitter account. The Twitter back then was very different than what it is today. That's where I made the connections with um, a real estate reporter. 
And she started quoting me in her articles. And then pretty soon those articles would spiral across Canada because they would take it from the American press, was Canadian press. And then a year later, uh, CTV News called me to, to interview me on TV about, you know, how the real estate market was. So that's really what propelled me. So, you know, using not just real estate, you can't just focus on real estate. I opened it up by creating the blog and that really helped. Okay. So, yeah, so your, your, would you say your blog kind of took off in like a snowball effect as in uh, the person started uh, referring you in their blog, then that kind of gained you more traction and then it kind of snowballed? At that time, yeah, because she was a writer for the Gazette, the Montreal Gazette. And okay. so my, her articles were literally mainstream by the Canadian press as well. And that's why I ended up in the Ottawa Citizen in, I don't know, National Post. And it's just because mm-hmm. they take her article and they spin it. They don't even ask me. And they just like put it on as news. Okay, so... So yeah, we're at the point where you're kind of your blog's kind of taking off. Was there a kind of a point before that where you were um, kind of losing faith in yourself because ultimately it felt like you weren't going to um, kind of do well in the business where you kind of like, was your mind kind of challenging you with thoughts that were kind of going against what you thought? Um, I don't think so. I Probably a little bit, but I always knew that it would eventually come. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually that's the name of uh, that's the name of my blog. It's called The Rest Will Come. So if you do work that you love and the work fulfills you, the rest will come. And I took that quote from Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah. That's a great uh face to take some words from. But um you mentioned earlier that um, you know, no one really helped you in the beginning, you know, no open house, no one, no one really cared for you, kind of wasn't even worried about you. Mm -hmm. So how important would you say it is for a new realtor coming to the business to seek out someone who's going to be available for you and kind of guide you and mentor you in the beginning? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Oh, I missed the last part of your question. Yeah. So um, how important is it, would you say, for someone who's going to be so a mentor that's going to be available for you at all times, kind of when you're starting off in the business. Yeah. So as a, as a realtor that has experienced the, no, I don't want to help you. I always help young agents. I get messages all the time uh, from new agents. Um, which agency should I join? What questions should I ask? And they message me directly on, on Instagram and I often take their calls and I'll guide them um, because I didn't have that. And I know how, frustrating it could be you know you start a new business or you're trying to start and there's nobody to help you or you really you have a million questions and there's nobody to answer you so I'm always available so yes I definitely think that any new agent even before you become an agent while you're studying at school you know reach out to those agents that you see on social media that you see are engaging and start asking ask them questions introduce yourself first don't just dive into the question say hey you know I'm studying real estate um, I'm looking for somebody to help me you know just guide me can I can we have a chat yeah, for Very sure. Good. Yeah, That's why I kind of uh, reached out to you because the first time I met you, you were so kind and friendly and welcoming. So I thought you'd be a good person to, that would uh, look forward to helping someone like me. For sure. With pleasure. <laughs> so um, you're kind of fresh in the business. You're getting comfortable, kind of becoming more self-sufficient. You're cold calling, door knocking. Uh, what is it like assuming you're getting rejected a lot and eventually did you just like lose all feelings and uh, keep shooting your shot at people? Okay. Yeah. Um, it was really hard. Actually, I went door knocking with another agent, an experienced agent. Um, I think probably year three. And, uh, 
she led the whole thing. I was just there like for moral support to see, you know, it was really bad. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. You know, you just show up at somebody's house kind of like, hey, I'm in real estate. You know, anybody who wants to sell wasn't for me. Definitely not. So I stopped that cold turkey. Then the cold calls. The cold calls at first were really tough. But once you get a hang of it, oh my God, it's incredible. <laughs> it really is. Uh -huh. But then I stopped again because now everybody's doing cold calls and the people you're calling are getting hundreds, literally calls. And so I don't do that anymore either. I should, but yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> So I get, you'd say the name of the game is kind of consistency, like with your blog, kind of a snowball effect comes into play where, you know, um, you might not be seeing any traction, but the more people you're kind of talking to, you know, like not everyone can say no. And eventually you're going to get some yeses, right? Yeah. So it's very important to establish yourself as an authority figure in the industry. And what I mean by that is instead of just posting, you know, hey, I'm at the pool. Hey, I'm at the coffee shop. Hey, I'm at this actually provide some value. Even if you're not an experienced agent, there's so much value that you can provide. You can talk about the market. You can talk about, you know, your neighborhood, like, oh, hey, my neighbor just sold his house. This is how much it sold for. Do you know how much your house is worth? You know, like little, little things mm -hmm. that show that you're actually interested in the field. Mm -hmm. So providing value. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, I got to ask, I know it uh, kind of ranges agent to agent or sorry, realtor to realtor, uh, how long did it kind of take you to get your your first lead that generated into a closing? Okay, so my first lead, I'll never forget it. Um, somebody that I knew had a listing and I kind of, I, I went like this because she already had her listing up and I think it had just expired, sorry, it had just expired. And I was like, you know what? How do I get this girl to sign with me because I kind of know her. We're not friends, but I invited her for dinner. Uh, her and her husband, we went out and we started chatting about real estate and I didn't ask her for the listing, but I wanted to show her that I knew what I was talking about. So we spoke about her listing without me asking for her listing. And then she gave me her listing. So, so you, I yeah, for sure. Um, so you went, you more so went for the relationship, which kind of like what a realtor should do and then got the listing after. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess where I want to go now is I know you're a good marketer and I know you're on uh, social media, you're on TikTok, YouTube, uh, Clubhouse, creating content. Is it, I know you said 15 years ago, real estate was completely different. So what was it like now kind of adapting and utilizing social media and kind of being vulnerable on platforms. Okay. So as far as marketing and social media, I've always been an early adopter. Um, before Instagram, there was Snapchat, right? Remember Snapchat? Yeah. Still <laughs> exists, but we had Snapchat stories. Um, and that's where real estate agents were showing their behind the scenes. So I built a huge following on Snapchat and all of a sudden Instagram shows up and it's like, Hey, we're doing Instagram stories. And I was so upset because it took me so long to build Snapchat and now nobody wants Snapchat and everybody's on Instagram. Well, I didn't say no. And I went right to Instagram. So I, I built it up right away. Um, didn't even think twice about it. I'm, I love new technology. I'm always going to be the first one to try it. Um, am I uncomfortable sometimes? hundred percent. Um, you know, I'll post something and I'm like, oh my God, and I'll just shut it off. I don't even want to see what I just posted, but I know that I have to do it. For sure. So you, you kind of knew you had to adapt and kind of adapt and kind of saw where, where the world was going. 
I feel like um, maybe more so millennials might be against that than kind of younger children, but also in a time where uh, kind of entrepreneurial is at like its peak and everyone kind of wants to be an entrepreneur. I feel like a lot of people struggle to um, kind of put themselves out on social media. And when we think about, when we think about realtors, uh, do you feel maybe not enough realtors are stepping in front of the camera, producing content and kind of reaping the benefits of social media? Um, no, actually, I feel like everybody's doing it now. And it's more of like, how do we up our game against all the other realtors that are doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, know that all I see is the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> okay. There are not... some, however, that are that are that are struggling, because I do get messages. But they're like, I find that they're a little bit older. And they don't really want they don't get it. They know they have to mm-hmm. do it, but they don't know how to start. So yeah, we still see that. Okay. So everyone's kind of starting their like personal brand. Um, so uh, when it comes to generating leads, kind of, how would you, um, I'm going to assume like obviously door knocking and cold calling are king over marketing, but how would you say uh, marketing yourself for leads versus doing the bread and butter and keeping it simple? What would you say is better? Uh, Cause like kind of whenever I see realtors faces on bus stops and billboards, I kind of stop and ask myself, like, are they really benefiting the, from this? Cause I'm honestly not too sure. Like maybe they are. And I know I'm not their kind of target audience that's looking for a house. So kind of, if you could talk about uh, personal branding and then kind of marketing just right. through. Okay. So um, regarding the billboards and all that, that serves as reminder advertising. It's not to generate a lead. So all those realtors that you see on the billboards, they're not putting it out there or maybe they are putting it out there because they think somebody's going to call them, but that's not how it works. When you have a billboard, when you're on the bus stop, it's reminder advertising. So you're always top of mind. So when I'm posting, let's say on Facebook or on Instagram, and then somebody sees me on a billboard, which I haven't done and I don't think I'm going to do because I don't want to be so out there. um, It's just reminder advertising. A real marketer is always going to be posting no matter what everywhere just and it doesn't have to be about real estate it's just because we want people to to remember hey we're still here don't forget us when we're when you think about selling so that's why it's important to be out there and on multiple platforms but for me like i have a a limit even instagram is too much for me even though i'm there um like like i'll see people in the street they're like oh i saw your post on instagram i'm like i have no idea who these people are so it's Uh uncomfortable for me i don't want to be so out there so i would never Uh do billboards so yeah so it's more so just a reminder and have have people see your face kind of uh maybe for a second or third time Mm -hmm. okay cool um because i was kind of lost on that for a bit and i was always like talking to my friends like i'm not sure like why this person's face is on a bus stop but yeah that definitely makes sense that now that you explain it that way um okay so we kind of covered like the early real estate and kind of the marketing but when we go back to say a year and a half ago when uh the pandemic hit kind of um did you see any opportunity in the bad and did you have maybe did you have a feeling the market was going to turn out great or and the world was going into a dark spot or it kind of where were you at that point yeah so when the pandemic hit and then i remember it was march 13th and then um they said we're shutting down completely i was like oh my god that's it we're not making any more money you know the world is ending we're all gonna die (laughs) and uh everybody was like the market's gonna crash um we weren't even allowed to show properties we were not allowed to leave our we weren't allowed to meet clients period if a house was on the market we were not allowed to show it um for a certain period of time and then when they started opening they said you're only allowed to show it for somebody that needs to move by july 1st 
So we're like, oh my God, we're never going to sell anymore. That's it. It's the end of the world. What actually happened is the complete opposite. We were in shutdown and then the market exploded. I've never seen such a thing since I started real estate in 2005. Every year, somebody tells me, your market is going to crash. Your market is going to crash. And look what happened. Yeah, yeah explosion. So, so you were freaking out at first and then uh, kind of took a turn and it actually ended up for the better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has this been a point in your uh, life or in your real estate career where you kind of seen, uh, you know, kind of like peak success or is it kind of just like up there as a great time for you? No, you know what? It wasn't a peak su- success. Uh, last year was very, for me, um, riding the wave. I, I was still super nervous, like the whole pandemic thing, you know, we had to be super careful. We have a lot of rules and regulations surrounding the pandemic and real estate. So we had to be super careful. Um, I think this year is, is a different year. I think this year is the best year for me. Um, but it's, but, you know, going back, I think, uh, even 2012 was like sick for me and, um, but everything has changed. Everything Mm -hmm. has changed. So I find that last year I learned a lot more about marketing, about social, about relationships and it's really helped me you know evolve yeah um well it's obviously great that this year has been a great success for you because obviously you had to make a couple tough decisions to get here and then you've been in the career for uh quite some time so it kind of adds up after a while um now i know we're i only have you for half an hour and we're about getting to that point but um i'm just going to talk about clubhouse real quick and we actually met on clubhouse and um, I'm sure we could both say Clubhouse kind of changed our life in a way and kind of bred us new relationships and opportunities. And the app is still really new and you can't even download it still without kind of someone inviting you to an app or a waiting list, whatever it may be. So, um, which makes it me feel like a lot of people may not know about it. So can you kind of give like a brief description on like what Clubhouse is and like um, how powerful it can be if you're kind of on your own journey? Clubhouse has been a game changer um, for me. I joined it in January when we were still in lockdown and there was nothing to do, right? So all we did was go on this platform. We built uh, something called Montreal Connected. Um, It's not mine, it belongs to somebody else, but we were networking with other Montrealers on a clubhouse. But besides that, I started noticing realtors from across the world, the US, across Canada, you know, West Coast, Europe and all that. And I, I was attracted to those rooms and the, the level of knowledge what just blew me away and i was so bored last year in real estate i felt like it was i was just like you know spinning it was just the same thing hamster wheel and i was like am i gonna stay in real estate longer and keep just keep doing the same thing i was so bored and then i met all these amazing people like really incredible i'm gonna send you those 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 rooms that you really need to be in um top like ultra top producers across the world and that changed me because I connected with them I still chat with them offline um and I feel like it's leveled me up I didn't think there was a possibility to 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 just like know more but there is and so I'm so thankful for that because those conversations it's not even tips it's more you know like a different kind of motivation a different kind of like you want to level up and it's just brought so much more excitement to the to the field yeah for sure it's kind of like <clears throat> a different aura where you're surrounded by all these like like-minded people 
and yeah. the, the the power in that is really uh you, you can't underestimate it uh just fueling your brain like sometimes i'm on my phone like yeah. 3 a.m just in a clubhouse room listening to people talk about something i want to hear and you know it's way better than just wasting your time when you can actually engage in conversations with like-minded people For and sure. there, there there is a true power in that and um I think it's one of the best apps currently, especially for uh, people kind of with uh, goals. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Totally agree. Yeah, so um, I kind of got through everything I want to uh, talk about. Um, I'm glad you were able to come in and share, especially about, um, you know, leaving your career and kind of the changes you went through. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say, anything you're working on? No, not really, um, you know, day by day, but I want to wish you the best. Are you Thank studying? You. Are you doing your class? Yeah, so um, I'll probably have my license in about one or two months from now. So I'm right. looking to kind of enter it in soon. So I'm kind of using this podcast to kind of speak with uh, realtors like yourself, kind of gain as much knowledge as I can going in. And then uh, maybe, uh, you know, a year or two down the line, I'll be able to talk about, you know, further things within the business. And I'd love to have you on again if you wanted to. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And feel free to DM me anytime. You know, we can jump mm-hmm. on a call if you need any advice or like you want to ask me questions about real estate companies <laughs> and stuff like that. It's my pleasure. I'll help you anytime. Yeah. So uh, thank you one last time for coming on. And I'm sure thank I'll you. see you in our uh, clubhouse. For sure. Have a nice mm-hmm. day. Thanks so much. Yeah, you too. See you. Bye.